On today's edition of Silver Screen News, we'll, we will be talking the fact that The Flash already has a sequel script and it's written and ready to go. Batman the Brave and the Bold has found his new director, but who could it be? Hocus Pocus 3 is oddly getting a remake, and of course we'll be talking about all the big news stories from last week. And of course, it's that time to feel old because we will be doing Throwback Thursday where we will be going back 10 years, 20 years, and... <clears throat> 30 years. All that and more right here on Silver Screen News. Hello, everyone. It's me. Some of you may know me as Daddy Goo. Some of you may know me as Double V. But right here on Silver Screen News, I am simply Nico Luro. And I'm joined by... The name is pretty much the same across the... YouTube verse. It's the one AJ Anthony Jordan. There is no the, there is no two sweet Tony. It's just me, the one AJ Anthony Jordan. And yeah, pumped. Silver Screen News is back, baby. That is not, that statement in itself is a throwback to people who have been with us since archive time, back in the beginning, when man didn't have a wedding ring on his finger. <laughs> Things have changed, brother. But you know what? Um, shout out to my boy, Louis Beneventi, who did mention that it might be worth retweaking our YouTube platform. So here we are, the Silver Screen Dudes, launching with our first ever episode of Silver Screen News. And for 444, our first story, I thought we would go big, or should I say <laughs> fast, um, because... AJ, as it turns out, the Flash sequel has already been written. Now, just tell me you can see this on screen, yes? I can, I can. Good. So, the Flash sequel script has already been written, penned by Aquaman screenwriter. A sequel to the soon-to-be-released The Flash may not have been announced yet, but Warner Brothers has reportedly been keeping a completed script under wraps. According to Variety, the studio has, has a finished sequel script from Aquaman screenwriter David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, why you have four names is beyond me, though they never announced it. The report says that the script features appearances from Michael Keaton's Batman and Sasha Kaye's Supergirl, who star in the original movie alongside Ezra Miller's titular speedster. Director Andy Muschietti has already said that Miller would not be recast if a second movie was greenlit, despite the allegations and charges faced by the actor. If a sequel happens, yes, he recently told the Discourse podcast. I don't think there's anyone that can play the character as well as they did. The other depictions of the character are great, but this particular vision of the character, they just excelled in doing it. It feels like a character that was made for them. So... I'm actually going to kick this one off to you, AJ. Do you think, do you think we are actually ever going to see this movie? <laughs> oh, wow. 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 So my biggest speculation for this film, that number one, the flash number one was, we will see a recasting because like, you know, guilty... Innocent and too poor and guilty. We're just literally waiting for the gavel to touch wood right now. However, I stand corrected because here we are learning that this this film is written with the actor in place with no intentions of replacing. That's bold. That's brave. I know that's another story. But um, as it stands oh, for this one, I don't think we're going to see this film. I, 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 I literally can't. I, I If we go back to an archived channel when we talked about most anticipated films of the year 
this was my dilemma. I really want to see this film. I'm seeing posters for it all over the place and I am bittersweet and torn. I don't think that's right. That's that's brave. I mean, okay, it's just a script. It's not that everyone's been hired and what have you, but you need to know what you're doing. I no, 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 no. I think that's too brave for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to completely co-sign. I call complete BS on this. I don't think we are ever seeing this movie. And I also don't believe Andy Muschietti from moment when he says that he wouldn't recast Ezra Miller. I think my personal opinion is this is just studio PR talk. If they go against Ezra Miller at this point before The Flash has had its worldwide release, it puts them at a disadvantage. I think this is a very clever PR maneuver that Muschietti's done because realistically, they're not going to do a Flash 2. I mean, never say never, Jesus Christ, but I don't think they're going to do a Flash 2, and I certainly don't think they would do it with Ezra Miller. You did a load of terrible things, but you made us a load of money. No, it's not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't. I cannot. I cannot fathom it. The whole world has debated whether film one should come out. There is no right. way you're going to tell me they will be convicted and it's be like, no, no, no. So this film is on hold. Like if, if this film makes money, I can guarantee you there is a flashpoint moment. And I, as a fan of the CW show, not that I finished it, but that season where Barry met Barry will be the ultimate excuse that you need. And when that Barry meets that Barry, CW Barry will meet new Hollywood Barry. And vroom, before you know it, that script is there. There is no way. No, that, that I, I can't. I can't picture it. It's interesting, too, because James Gunn has said that he's very impressed with the Flash movie and people are get breeding something into that. I'm kind of of the opinion of so new chief creative officer and CEO of Disney says of DC says that new DC movie is good. Run to the press. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of press, I actually forgot to do it because the way the silver screen news is going to break down each and every week, we will be bringing you to start with every show news like this, which is literally, literally hot off the press. Yeah, it's still hot. It's that bacon right now. Oh, yeah. So that's sizzling news. And... Speaking of yeah, hot, you're right. I, I have to go with the. No, go yeah. on. You have to go with go to, go. I'm gonna say I, I have to agree. It's they've got positive review from the new chief director, and like, yeah, like, let's keep pushing. Let's keep pushing. You really need to see this film. We're, we're really pushing it so much that number two's already written. So here's the thing. There's another story we're gonna come to a little bit later, which, for me, if you read between the lines, completely supports what we're saying now, which is. This movie's never happening and supports what I just said about the whole, yeah, this is basically just a PR spin for Mandy Muschietti, right? But before we move on to that, our second off-the-press story, uh, this is one I'm very, very curious to hear your take on, actually, because our second off-the-press story, let me just find it right here. Where have you gone? Uh, you were here. Here we go. Hocus Pocus 3 is officially in the works at Disney. The news comes on the heels of the sequel success on Disney Plus last year. Now, before we actually talk about the quality or lack thereof of this movie, let me just go through this article from The Hollywood Reporter. 
Sean Bailey, president of Walt Disney Studios Motion Picture Productions, confirmed in an interview with the New York Times that Hocus Pocus 3 is happening. It all comes as little surprise given the success of last year's sequel, which set, wait for it, a record for an opening weekend by a movie on a streamer with 2.7 billion minutes viewed. Overall, the film landed at number five on the most streamed movies of 2022, with a total of 5.7 billion minutes viewed. While the first film was not a box office hit, it became a cult hit over the years thanks to airings on basic cable. The third film would follow Kenny Ortega's 1993 original and last year's Anne Fletcher-directed sequel, both of which starred Betty Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy as the Sanderson sisters. Winifred, Sarah, and Mary, respectively, a trio of witches who suck the life force out of children in an effort to stay young. Right. I have some feelings on this. So with respect, I would like to take the reins on this one. This is the biggest case of what have you done for me lately in reverse? Because if you think about it, as the article literally says, Hocus Pocus 1 is so beloved, so Obviously, Hocus Pocus 2 is going to do well. But as I'm sure you're going to attest to in the moment, disclaimer, I haven't even seen this movie. The trailers looked awful. And word of mouth from my best friend who's about to appear put me off ever seeing this movie. So it's not because Hocus Pocus 2 did so well that you should green light to number three. This is a case of studios' lack of awareness for how people are actually feeling. AJ, fill me in on how good or bad this movie was. This is an absolute cosign, bro. Um, the film was terrible. Absolutely terrible. It, it it couldn't even knock onto the nostalgia. What I believe they've done is kind of like the Flash point, um, Flash um, film we talked about. They had a script in place, which was to lead for a new generation. And because the streams had such big numbers, they were able to, they, they, they think that the film's a success. I guarantee you, had this film been cinema released, the, the Hocus Pocus 3 would not be a thing. It's It's literally a case of anyone can stream this Anyone can think this is bad. I'm going to give this another shot. I put on Hocus Pocus 3, 2. The missus wasn't in when it came in. Maybe I've rewound it because that's what we're talking now. We're talking watch minutes. There are so many elements behind what made Hocus Pocus 2 one of the most streamed out there. But I've not heard any positives to Hocus Pocus 2 from absolutely anyone. Um, two minute giggle that, oh, they updated the um, the broom to the, the, the electronic hoover that does all the hoovering on its own. That was it. Ha ha, giggle, giggle. There was nothing positive about this film. It, I, This goes back to the argument you have always made. Box office versus streaming is always going to be the winner because the streams mean nothing on this. The film was terrible. But this is, this, this, yeah, this is kind of the point, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> you, the, the views, the number of views are not an accurate reflection of the movie's quality. They're just Far not. Far from and I, I I, literally, I shouldn't say that having not seen it. I'm admitting I haven't seen it. You told me, and let, let's be real. In a world of you and me, you're often easier to please than I am with passe 100%. movies. I don't, I'm not 100%. being insulting. That. I think no, no, no. This is it. Yeah. So for you to turn around, not that you're some gradient of low expectation, but I'm just saying you're easier to please than I am. So if you were like, nah to this movie i don't see how i could gravitate towards it and i love the original my my other half is deep into hocus pocus like i remember watching hocus pocus and that 
It's a, it's a fond memory. If you're going to tell me a certain scene or anything, I'm blank to it. You talk to my other half, she could tell you the song that Sarah Jessica Parker sings at a certain point and all of this. Like, it's one of her favourites. Like, it's, it's a treasured memory yeah. to her. She was so excited, yet so disappointed at the same time. Um, yeah, it's... I do this and i guarantee you it won't it won't do the numbers you were expecting disney it's a fact you had every parent under the sun looking to show their kids what hocus pocus right. was all about and that's why right. the sequel came out and it no no <laughs> do you know do you know here's yeah. a question i believe there's a film on netflix called 365 is it 365 364 something like that okay it has views you watch its scoring view of it, it's like 0%. Like, you don't have to be good to be viewed. Correct. Especially on the stream. So, I, yeah. Think about it, Disney. Think about it. Oh, another instance of Disney not having their finger on the pulse. My goodness, they've fallen off the wagon in the last few years. It's fine. I'm sure they'll rediscover themselves now that Bob Iger's here. Um now the Bob, Bob Iger has returned, thankfully. God, I wish Silver Screen News had been around when I was ripping on Bob Chapek. Oh, God, that would have made for views. <laughs> just just on, on a quick side tangent regarding Bob Chapek, um, I think I'll, I'll put this one in vertical because I think this should get some nice clicks. Um, regarding Bob Chapek, because remember, this is the guy who said to Pixar, yeah, we're going to put your movies directly onto streaming because uh, no one really cares about animation. Oh, well, roll on 2023, the biggest box office opening and still the biggest box office movie of the entire year is Super Mario Bros. The second biggest box office opening and looking to be the second biggest box office movie of the year is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Suck on that, Chapek, you hat. Sorry. God, I needed to get that out. Can I just also just follow up on that? I get that Disney have Marvel. I get that Disney have Star Wars. But you are still part of the house of mouse. How are you going to say that animation is dead? Come on, bro. Finger on the pulse. This is a very good point. I wish I'd put you vertical for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It would have been too long for a, for a, oh. a reel. But yeah, come on. All right. Um, our last hot off the press news story. Um, before we move on to last week's news today, our last hot off the press news story, and it's weirdly linked to our first story, just unintentionally. So, <laughs> this is going to make you laugh. Da, 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 da. The Flash is Andy Muschietti reportedly directing The Brave and the Bold. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember what I said? He made a brave and bold statement. So, go on. Yes. Dude, I tried so hard to not laugh when you said that. Um, okay, here's how it works. His current DC movie, The Flash, hits cinemas next week. But from the sounds of a report by One Tech News, director Andy Muschietti is sticking with Warner Brothers. Comic book universe. He's apparently going to be tackling Batman Tale, The Brave and the Bold. Announced last year by James Gunn as part of his first run as co-CEO of DC Studios, The Brave and the Bold will follow Damian Wayne, who is Batman's actual son, who we didn't know existed for the first eight to ten years of his life. He was raised as a little murderer and assassin. He's a little son of a bitch, Gunn said of the character. He's my favorite Robin based on the Grant Morrison comic books run, which is one of my favorite Batman runs. And we are putting that all together right now. 
From the sounds of it, the new movie will introduce more of the Bat family to the live-action sphere than has ever been seen before. Mushesi has been receiving positive word on The Flash, including from Gunn himself, but we'll still wait and see whether this is confirmed or denied by the CEO filmmaker. So, of course, at this point, AJ, this is all news. The thing I'm really curious about is I want you to... I, I, I like your thoughts on... what well, We can't say if Mushetti is a good fit for Batman, having not seen The Flash, in which he's got two Batmans playing, so hopefully that turns out to be good. Just remember, this is the guy who did the It movies, which I personally hate. Um, but The Flash is supposedly great. Like, it's getting great, great, great pre-reviews. The audience at CinemaCon went nuts. The part which I'm interested in your take on, because remember, we live in a very, very little bubble of geeks here, right? The wider cinema stratosphere isn't necessarily going to be plugged into the what's going on in the realms of who's directing what and what Batman is what, right? Let's also remember, there's a little actor called Twilight Boy who's playing in a very successful The Batman franchise at the moment, of which they are planning many more movies. So while James Gunn has kind of said those Batman movies are going to continue and here's more Batman movies with a totally different actor, do you think this is going to create confusion? The minute I heard the story, that's the instinct I had. I, who am familiar with Damian Wayne, wasn't even familiar with the fact that that falls under Brave and the Bold. And this is man, this is a guy who loves Batman, you know, this is who I am, but I'm a casual. I've, I've always said it, I'm the comic, to quote the tech, but I've always said it before. I'm the comic book fan who's never read a comic book. And what you need to look at is with the whole revamp, and I believe that Gunn has an interesting link with this director. I'm not a fan of it. Within 10 minutes, I, I disconnected. What I believe is an issue is what we had hoped with James Gunn at the helm was, and is it David Zaslav? We were hoping that a lot of this stuff was going to get put aside and let's look at continuity because it was a common soundbite from everyone you didn't mm. know what dc was on so now i was expecting a timeline that would do it so yes you can have the flash timeline and the batman one and somehow especially because it's flashpoint somehow make it merge and make sense you know you could make something happen to now bring in batman's son when i'm in batman year one phase it is not the right time if you was telling me that this was going to be phase two of the DC universe, I mean, put it this way, in Marvel, phase four, we're seeing the younger generation. If you wanted to speed it up a bit, no pun intended with the Flash, and make it your phase two, by all means. But we, there's no way we have a young Batman and Batman's eight-year-old son in the same universe coming out in the cinema at the same time. Utter confusion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I very much second that. And the... Again, I highlight the point that we live in a very, very small bubble of geeks here. To us, it will make sense. And even to us, it's a bit like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So there's two Batmans. One's in this gun verse and one is like in its own separate verse. Like he has said that the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix will continue to be made. It's going to be a separate thing from his universe. The Batman with Robert Pattinson will continue to be made. It's a separate universe. But the thing is, is that people aren't aware of these universes. People just see the labels. They see DC. They see Marvel. They see Star Wars, right? That's how they associate with them. So, yes, you can explain to people that this is its own separate thing. It's not part of like some continuity that Gunn is creating. 
But just yesterday, when I went to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, I was with uh, my boy Louis, and they played the trailer for Blue, uh, for Blue Beetle, which does look good. But even Louis, who's pretty plugged in, looked at me and went, is this James Gunn's first movie? So on that, you can see, yes, he's aware that there's this shift in power at DC, that Gunn's coming in. But even someone who's semi-plugged in isn't clear, but where's the start of this? You and me know it's Superman in 2025. But even now, before it started, there's confusion. So I love the fact that we're getting a Brave and the Bold storyline, but I'm terrified about the confusion it's going to cause. Can I just bring it to a point of Marvel really quickly? Do you, People... need, to go, do you need to go big screen on this? I mean, like, I mean you can do. We'll go big, just to be on the safe side. People are confused as to why Spider-Man and Venom are not on the same screen. How on earth are you going to give me four different versions of Batman? For, you know, two different types of speedsters and all different versions of Superman going on and then expect me to follow through. We thought X-Men was bad. This is worse in terms of trying to follow one in continuity. It's an absolute mess. And that's the one thing I hoped DC were going to change. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. It, 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 that it, this is the, the the Batman seems to be this one little uh, caveat that they can't quite work out because they struck gold with the Batman. You know, audiences. I know you were kind of on the lesser scale compared to me on that one, but generally, audiences loved that movie. There were problems. No one thought it was perfect. People were comparing it to The Dark Knight, which you should never do because it won't be beaten. But people were very much like, okay, this is good. This is a good DC movie, you know? <laughs> In a pantheon of really, really bad DC movies, this one stuck out as like, this is the good one. Like, So people like this, and James Gunn clearly liked it, which is why he wants to continue with it. It is confusing. I'm kind of just of the opinion he should have just brought Robert Pattinson into his world and played from there. Merge the universes, like... Again, I don't want to quote CW, but at one point you had Flash and Arrow in one point, one universe, Supergirl in another. By the end of it, they were all on Earth One. Just create one Earth that people can follow. Then get into your multiverses. Don't just expect us to understand a multiverse. Flashpoint will not I fix I, I, I don't know if it's a multiverse. I think, no, I think he's it, very it, much it, saying it like it's not connected. They'll never be connected. It's a separate thing. I don't think you're ever going to see Pattinson in Gunn's world. I tell you why it's difficult. Are you now telling me that at no point is Gunn going to look for a Justice League movie? At, oh, no, he will, no... but it'll be with the Batman in the Brave and the Bold, not Pattinson. Right, so th there we go. So it's not even following Damian Wayne's story. We are going to legitimately, for this now, bear with me, we're going to have Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, Robert Pattinson. No, no, but, but this is all this is all going to be seen on screen within the next five to ten years. Take this from the top again. We're going to have. <laughs> so we're going to have Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, Robin Pattinson. Sorry, let me get those all into the screen. That's three Batmans. Then you're going to tell me about a Brave and a Bold with a fourth Batman. At which point, each of these guys are able to have their main nemesis, the Joker. And then you've got the Joker universe on top. And I, who loves all of this, is confused as fuck. The casual fan is going to follow this easily. I doubt <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> yes. And hence the question, is this confusing? Answer, 
Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. All right. So that those are kind of the latest hot off the press stories that have broken in the last sort of 24, 48 hours. But there was also some really interesting stories that broke last week, which I'd kind of like to cover in our section that we call News Update. <laughs> And it's very simple. It's basically just more news. And keeping it in the realm of comic book, which seems to be a recurring theme this week, um, not a bad thing for us. Uh, this one I'm very excited about. So Tom Holland, AJ. Tom Holland has been ball-teasing us again. Tom Holland gives promising Spider-Man 4 update with one major hitch. But don't worry, it's not a bad hitch. So. Tom Holland has given an update on the negotiations for a potential return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The 27-year-old actor has appeared as Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man, in several films across the popular franchise, including his own trilogy, Spider-Man Homecoming, Far From Home, and Spider-Man No Way Home. While his future in the franchise is yet to be confirmed, he has expressed a willingness to reprise his role, to reprise the role in future films. Speaking to Variety at the premiere of his new Apple TV Plus series, The Crowded Room, Holland revealed that negotiations for a fourth MCU Spider-Man film had been taking place. But there was recently, but they, but were recently scuppered, excuse me, by the ongoing Hollywood writers' strike. That's the hitch. On May 2nd, the Writers Guild of America began industrial action, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to go into the writer's strike thing. But the writer's strike thing is important. Um, so here's, here's the thing on this. Here's the thing on this. Let me, let me shoot from the hip on this one. Um, <clears throat> I don't really see how this is a surprise. Because real talk, Spider-Man No Way Home nearly hit the $2 billion club. That movie made $1.91 billion worldwide. And that was in just past peak pandemic. That movie was so... People wanted to see that so much that they were like, fuck COVID, we're going. <laughs> like, you got COVID! <laughs> you, you literally got COVID at that screen. <laughs> That's how crazy it was. So... And you've got to remember, yes, people were like, oh, he's out of the MCU, he's out of the MCU now, and we don't really know what's going on with Tom Holland. Come on, man. Money talks. The fact and also the fact that you had that post-credit scene with Venom leaving a piece of the symbiote there. So all that's gonna happen now is Peter Parker's gonna be back in his world because everyone's forgotten who the fuck he is. We can now have the story that we all know, which is Peter Parker, the struggling photojournalist. Remember, Tom Holland's 27 now. You wouldn't think it to look at the baby-faced little guy, but he's 27. So you could literally have the Peter Parker story that we now that, that we know which is he's a struggling photojournalist. He's going to go work for J. Jonah Jameson. He's going to take photos of Spider-Man and he's going to find the symbiote. And maybe, God forbid, we actually get the proper Venom story. Not that I had a problem with the Venom movie. I'm talking Topher Grace Venom. We actually get a proper Venom story. And, oh, I don't know, Tom Holland in a black Spidey suit not doing an emo dance. AJ, thoughts? I have to, I, it, it's literally another cosign from me. It, it was one of the biggest moments in cinema for that year. Um, people, casuals were all over it. 
a lot of the MCU in itself looks like, you know, people hope to see Spider-Man be the leader of this new bunch of Avengers. Let him be out of the MCU. Sony still have a lot of power in this and a lot of hope with it. And I don't see anyone else at the helm. You know, there was a lot of uproar when um, Henry Cavill left Superman. I don't think they would want to be stupid enough to want to follow in the footsteps and be like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was gutted when we lost Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Tom Holland came along. I, Yeah, I still miss Andrew, but I love what Tom's doing. It's not to say that any man is irreplaceable, but he's in a good spot right now. It, it would be silly not to, 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 to do what you have to do. Right, a strike? Yeah, it's there. But you can still do no negotiations because you know what? Strikes only last so long. Deals will be made. Hollywood has not come to a standstill as far as I'm concerned. Sign the dotted line. In no time, he'll be back on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> not much to add to that. And I'm sure we're going to see Spider-Man at some point because, hey, he's their cash cow. And Marvel haven't exactly been hitting home runs as of late. So, oh, shit, no. we need to make some money. Tom, you available? <laughs> Can... <laughs> tell you what, I'll tell you something, though, that's not... Weirdly, not a big cash cow, but seems to be universally loved is the John Wick franchise. And that brings us on to our next story. Because, <laughs> okay, before I continue, have you seen John Wick 4 yet? No, I haven't. Fuck. I missed the okay. experience. But I'm aware, yeah, certain things. You're, you're, you're aware of the ending. <sighs> we have a comic book group which wasn't very sensitive. So I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. AJ, apologies to you and to everyone who hasn't seen John Wick 4. Kind of, but not really. Spoilers ahead for John Wick 4. Because John Wick 5 is an early development. And that's apparently just this is the beginning. Spin-offs and a triple-A video game are planned. Lionsgate has confirmed John Wick 5 plans and intends to build out the gun-toting franchise with spin-offs and a triple-A game. Motion Picture Group Chairman Joe Drake confirmed as much during Liongate's recent earnings call. Um, we're now moving across that franchise, not just in the AAA video game skip space, but looking at what the regular cadence of spin-offs television really growing that universe so that there is a steady cadence of a franchise, that there's clear appetite by the audience. That's a lot of words. Drake said... <laughs> Lionsgate had previously fielded proposals for a AAA game, and that continues to be something at the forefront of its plans. In normal speak, that all amounts to John Wick growing out its franchise with more entries more often, including television. One series, The Continental, is set for release later this year. Another spin-off movie, Ballerina, starring Ana de Armas, is also on the way on June 7th, 2024. So, AJ, my question to you, is this too much of a good thing? I believe you have many angles, and I think it could work. Now, I don't know where... I, I'm aware of that John Wick... Being under the label, John Wick may not work for John Wick 5, but, hey, stuff happened. I think something like the intercon... The, the, like the hotel and stuff like that can give us origin stories, can give us spin-offs. Something like the hotel as well can give you... A different series. It could be like an anthology series because it could be a different hitman at each time. But as long as you keep the ground basis, it won't have John Wick, which will always feel like something's missing. But let's take what we do in the Shadows, the film versus what we do in the Shadows, the TV series. Completely different cast. But it has the ground basis and it has the comedy. If you have 
the right people in there, you can have a pretty awesome series. And it can have different mm. angles to which it can work. Um, the ballerina, very much the same. I'm, I would like to go with an origin story. Not that I'm familiar with the character too much. But you you can work with stuff and make it happen. Slow down. But if you have all these ideas that are flowing, put them on paper and let's see what happens. Some will pick up, some will drop. And let's be honest. Star Wars has many different series at the moment. Some are working, some are appreciated. Those that I would say aren't working are being appreciated by others. So there is something for everyone within a universe. Yeah, look, it's very interesting that they're doing a John Wick universe because the, the, the franchise, as I said, it, pretty much everyone who's seen it has universally either admired or in some cases, except A, loved it. But they've never been massive, massive money makers. Like considering the star power of Keanu Reeves and considering, you know, the star power of people like Donnie Yen and some Halle Berry. They've had some big stars in these movies, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, and the concept, while being very simple, is highly entertaining and people love a bit of entertainment. But these movies have never really made close to a billion. Like they're not big, 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 big movies. They're steady eddies. They'll make you your money back. You won't run at a loss on a John Wick movie. But you never, it, so far, I'd love them to do billions, but they're not. Um, so the fact that they're going all in on this, I question the financial sense of it, but I'm happy about it from a consumer point of view. Um, the, I guess what I'm saying is too much of a good thing too much. Because, yes, John Wick doing his crazy gun-fu stuff. Awesome. Everyone doing crazy gun-fu stuff. Now you have the law of diminishing returns. If you've got, yes, as you said, I like the pitch you made about having different assassins. But if you've got every single next man walking into the Continental and he's able to do gun-fu, by proxy, then it makes what John Wick does less special and he becomes less John Wick-ish. Um, the other thing that I, on the flip side, what I'm happy about is that for all the nasty, crazy stuff that John Wick's body went through in John Wick Chapter 4, and believe me, he got hurt. The way he allegedly died was like, that? That got him? This guy eats bullets like this? <laughs> okay. I, I suppose poetically it makes sense, but really? So... If we're getting a John Wick 5, I'm kind of happy that because that by proxy means, okay, John Wick 4 isn't the end. He's not dead. So, yay. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going back to the Continental Hotel, there are so many rules within that that you have to follow that you, you always grab a small part of in a John Wick movie. There is so much of that to be told in a TV series. And again, consumer um, money making wise, it could be really smart because you know what? Because John Wick is something people flock to, a network will buy it up and they've made the money instantly from a network as opposed to like having to worry about box office seats. So, yeah, it could work. The game I'm especially interested in, especially if it's made by someone like Sucker Punch. Can you imagine like if the team yeah, behind... Do you know goes... there's a John Wick game out at the moment? But I think it's like a 3D one or something. I don't know. Like the VR one. I'm not too sure, but yeah. it's not good. So it'd be good to see an official proper game come out. I'm just imagining someone like Rocksteady who did Batman Arkham Asylum or like Sucker Punch who did Ghost of Tsushima doing like a John Wick. It'd be like, yes, please. All day yeah. long for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. Last two stories before we get ready to feel old. <laughs> 
Shivered. Yes, indeed. So, The Rock, the people's champ, or Dwayne Johnson, Big Daddy D, as he, <laughs> as he likes to be called now. Dwayne Johnson is set to return to the Fast franchise. Sort of. So, have you seen Fast 10 yet, AJ? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm held back at the moment because the missus has not seen a single Fast, and it's like, Okay, I love it. <laughs> I don't want to bring Fast, you at 10. Fast 10, all sorts of fun. But there is well, well, well documented beef between Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel, yes? Well documented. Yeah. To yeah. the degree that these motherfuckers don't want to work together anymore, right? Like, to the degree that everyone knows The Rock has star power and they wanted to keep him in the franchise, so they gave him a spin-off franchise called Hobbs and Shaw, which I personally did not like. Um, and then what happens at the end of Fast 10 in the post credit scene? <laughs> the Rock shows up. And so it's like, yay, they squashed their beef. Oh, my God. Yay. But as we found out last week, not yay. Dwayne Johnson is returning to the Fast and Furious universe with a new standalone film reprising his franchise role as Luke Hobbs. Universal Pictures announced the project on Thursday. Longtime Fast and Furious collaborator Chris Morgan wrote the untitled film script. Plot details were not available, though individuals familiar with the deal said that the new movie will bridge between the events of the just-released Fast 10 and the upcoming Fast 10 Part 2, which is expected in 2025. Johnson just appeared as Hobbs, a diplomatic security service agent in a credit scene for Fast 10. Johnson will produce the film with Danny Garcia and Hiram Garcia for their Seven Bucks productions, along with Vin Diesel and Samantha Vincent via their One Race films. Now, then there's a few other producers that are named. But now here's the part that pisses me off monumentally. Johnson announced Hobbs' return with a video posted to social media with the caption. Now imagine this in The Rock's voice. Your reactions around the world to Hobbs' return in Fast 10 have blown us away. The next Fast and Furious film, you'll see the legendary lawman, legendary lawman, that's an overstatement, and will be the Hobbs movie that will serve as a fresh new chapter and set up for Fast 10 Part 2. And now here comes the bullshit. Last summer, Vin Diesel and I put all the past behind us, Johnson added. We'll lead with brotherhood and resolve and always take care of the franchise characters and fans that we love. I've built my career on an audience-first mentality, and that will always serve as my North Star. I have some comments to make about this. If you have buried your beef with Vin Diesel, then tell me why in the name of blue fuck are you not appearing in a movie? with Vin Diesel and you're, you've buried your beef so much that you are appearing in a separate movie, which is a standalone movie, because you and him have not squashed your beef. The production company basically reversed five dump trucks of money onto your house in California and said, how many more? You gave them another five dump trucks of money to reverse, and now you're doing it. You haven't squashed shit but I appreciate your people's champ machismo of being like, I'm all about the people. No, you're not, you tequila-selling motherfucker. You're not all about the people. You're all about the bucks. Me too. 
I respect you for making the bucks. You've got the best work ethic of any man I've ever seen. But don't come up at my face and tell me you've squashed beef. If that was the case, you'd be in the same movie as Finn. You haven't squashed shit. AJ, your thoughts on a Hobbs, another Hobbs spinoff, and on your belief about whether he's squashed anything. Do you know, ever since I saw Vin Diesel put out a story about how much it means to his daughter to see Uncle Dwayne back in a film, and The Rock was like, I'm not interested. I always said to myself, I wonder if this guy is using the old WWE tactic and doing a work. I, it's always been a thing. And with that, he appears at the end of Fast 10 and, ooh, you know, beef squashed and what have you. I believe, I actually believe you will see him, if not part two, he will be in Fast 11. I, I believe you will see The Rock and Vin Diesel on screen together once again. Uh, it, it's just the way it is. But he's realized that there is the Hobbs and Shaw franchise, which worked because people went out in their droves to see it. So you know what? Let's keep doing what Hobbs is doing because you know what? Let's make sense. And I know this is the way they've done it because both production companies are there. Why wasn't Luke Hobbs in 9 and 10? Oh, of course, because he's doing other missions. What was he doing while you guys are saving the world on the left? He was saving the world on the right. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're doubling down on, on numbers because Vin has promised the world, just like your John Wick story just before, Vin has promised the world that by 11, it's done. Fast and Furious, that saga is done. The franchise lives on. And how does it live on? It kicks off with Luke Hobbs still doing his bit. That's it. I wouldn't be surprised if you find out that the closing statements and the biggest spoiler of number 11 is that both Brian and Danny, what's it? What's his, what's his Dom? Sorry, Danny. Luke. Brian no, and Dom. Dom Danny. Yeah. Both Danny Toretto. <laughs> yeah. They both end say up that, in say that again. <laughs> but Dom, I wouldn't be surprised if Dom ends up in the dirt, but the franchise continues because each of these guys have their own spin-off. You wait until you find out Ludacris and Tyrese have a TV show coming up out of it. The Fast and Furious becomes a universe. That's what I'm calling. I reckon, but you will see them on a, in a film together. <laughs> okay. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. That's a big call. I'll give you that. As that is a big, big, big call. I'm I'm both shocked and impressed. You heard it first on episode one of Silver Screen News. It, bro, it's a big call. <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> call. <laughs> at least at least we won't at least we won't have to uh <laughs> we won't have to dig hard to find all this, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the first episode. All right, and and new to Silver Screen News. Now, in all of the Silver Screen Dudes iterations, our first YouTube channel, our podcast, then our YouTube channel, which became a podcast and a live show, we've always kind of veered away from TV. Um, there's we're not gonna go heavy onto TV, but if there's like big events happening, like you know, a new Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, the next Lord of the Rings show, the next Star Wars show, if it's big and in the popular zeitgeist, we're gonna talk about it. Um, for the sake of this last, last little talk, I wanted to bring in something that I'm both intrigued, scared, but also curious and excited about. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to read this, um, crazy as it is. But I don't think you've ever given this the time of day for 
as much as that breaks my heart. But AJ, if you can believe it, the office is being remade. It is in development. The uh, fan you know favorite. Si Tell me. Season four, episode six. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> this is quite yes. timely for me. The uh. fan favorite sitcom, The Office, is officially getting an Australian remake, courtesy of Prime Video and starring Felicity Ward. Per deadline, Prime Video Australia is developing a new series based on the ever-popular show that originated in the United Kingdom before eventually making its way to the United States. Stand-up comic Felicity Ward will start as the boss of the remake, taking over the role created by Ricky Gervais's David Brent and then popularized by Steve Carell's Michael Scott. Per the description, Ward as Hannah Howard will be awkwardly leading her branch of packaging company, Flinley Craddock. Great name. Her position is compromised after head office shuts down the branch and orders all employees to work from home, a move that sends Hannah into panic mode. Now, I cannot begin to tell you all the things going on in my mind at the moment because <laughs> you only need you only need to look at the little mermaid to realize how uncomfortable people are seeing any type of recasting happening. You uh, forget recently. You only need to look at this franchise. I remember when the se season one of the U.S. Office came out. I was a lot younger and a lot skinnier, but I remember people were not happy, and rightfully so because season one of the U.S. Office is not good. But oh my god, does it find its feet in season two? Oh my god, does it find its feet in season two and across its numerous seasons? This may not be the sexy thing to say. I so prefer the US office to the British office, I can't tell you. And I adore the British office, but I think the US office is possibly my favorite show of all time. I love it that much. Um, it, yeah, it takes a little nosedive after Michael Scott leaves, um, but it's, it's, it's wonderful even throughout. Um, what The most perfect TV ending I've ever seen, I think. It was just beautiful. I like the fact that we're getting a version of The Office which is going to lend itself to Australian comedy and sensibilities. I like a bit of Down Under comedy. Taika Waititi, I know you're a Kiwi, but looking at you, if we can bring some of that to the table, I'd be very happy. Thank you very much. Um, you know, we've had UK comedy. We've had US comedy. I got no issue with it being an Aussie comedy. I got no issue with the fact that it's a, a female leading it after we've had two males leading it. That doesn't bother me. Um, I hope it doesn't turn into like, you know, a case of virtue signaling. Like if it's just there and it's treated as just a matter of fact, woman is a boss. I'm all for it. Um, the premise slightly bothers me. So everyone is sent to work from home. Like I appreciate that's kind of a modern ideal, which I love. How do you have an office series without it being in an office? <laughs> Maybe it's just a pilot. AJ, your thoughts. The funny thing about it is um, with The Office, I actually ended up doing some research when I started to look into The Office US. This is a launch. This is not, there were not only two offices. There's a, a, a show out there called Le Bureau, which is a French version of The Office. There are many national versions. I believe there's even an Indian version out there. So oh. I, I, I can't remember if this is like a reboot of an Australian, well, it's, it's not because it's, it's not been labeled as such. 
Um, I'm excited, provided you have the right people in there. As much as The Office season one was awkward, and it's weird that Steve Carell's hair was the, the biggest off but It just made him look more sleazy than right. he should be. You know, it, it's, it's the small bits that count. Um, you, I believe you need Gervais at the helm. You need something to keep it grounded in the office and then let it find its feet the same way the US did. I'm not saying doing a carbon copy, but to be under the label of the office, that's what the US one done. I, and I'm pretty sure the other international ones done it. Let it be grounded in the office law and then discover itself. Now, working from home, I think you're going to lose a lot because it's the awkward interpersonal relationship that's there straight away. And that's going to be a challenge. So could it be that this boss is saying, well, OK, we're shut, but I'm going to do like something Mike, more Michael than David would do and make it, you know, that everybody into the boardroom, like everybody at the park, we're going to meet, we're going to do this. You're going to need that kind of magic to make it happen. You know, and anyone who's not there, consider, it a, you know, a written warning, a X, Y, Z. You're going to need these kind of terms behind it. I think it's very fitting because it will probably work in a set in a previous time, which is just around the COVID climate, and then build up into, oh, they've discovered by the end of season one, provided it's picked up, they will have an office. They're back in the office. And it's people climatizing to that, which is even better because now you've got this boss trying to make sure that everyone's comfortable back in the office and that and it leads for all kinds of quirkiness but you need to program it right because to try and do virtual throughout the whole time will be awkward and wrong yeah i i i, I agree with that completely i um i i have a feeling that that's just the setup i hope it is and it should also be added ricky gervais is on as a producer in this series cool so that's that's fun. Okay, so that's our news stories covered. Now, huh. <laughs> are you ready? Because yeah. it's time to take a walk down memory lane in a section we aptly call Throwback Thursday. I like, I like the t do you know what it is the tv itself looks like an old school tv which makes me feel even older because i have touched one of those tvs <laughs> okay yeah boy yeah boy right aj 10 years old this week a horror the first of a horror franchise not necessarily your cup of tea um but something i actually really really enjoyed 10 years old this week is 2013's original The Purge. <laughs> Have you seen anything in this franchise? I've actually seen number one. I've oh, actually good. seen them. Yeah. So it is quite fitting. It's the concept is really good. I actually yeah. like the concept of what could be, you know, in a world where the world is, for better or worse, living in a way that to eliminate crime you've got a day that you can go ham on that day um my, my 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 part my difficulty was when i thought of sequels i i thought the the purge in itself should be just a standalone one film because of what it should be so for me i, I was impressed by this film not talking the franchise i was impressed by the concepts of it the whole concept of should you let someone in when the rule number one is just lock yourself in Avoid everybody else at all, at all costs. 
come out the next day. That's what it should be. When it starts to get a bit tricky, there's someone in the house, there's the people getting locked off. Now you're like, it, it, it builds for good tension. It builds for good tension. So it, it, from a guy who's not the biggest horror fan, I've not actually given any of the other purges a shot. I was impressed by not number one gave, but I didn't believe it should have had a second. Well, the second was very different to the first. What I always really liked about the first is how contained it was. It was very kind of much like a Stranger Knocks haunted house type thing, although obviously not haunted house. But the premise, the concept, the the execution was very much based around that. It's like, oh, we're in a house, hide, right? The others just went nuts. It started like going to the White House. It started being death in the streets. It was like fucking hell like okay um but yeah I, i'm i'm a big fan of, the, of these movies especially especially the first one and it hasn't aged um it, it, it's a lot of fun now 20 years old this is timely <laughs> aj 20 years old your favorite in the franchise and it's a franchise you've definitely seen in which you've just spoken about <laughs> well if you're watching the throwback thursday video Please go and watch our uh, our extended, you know, full silver screen news show to know what we're talking about. But we were just talking about this franchise, The Fast and the Furious, because 20 years old is too fast, too furious. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, if you go back to a previous pod, just listen <laughs> on Spotify, you will know that AJ's numero uno is too fast, too furious. Funny enough, I saw a video just the other day. Do you know Ludacris was... She meant to be Ja Rule, who was meant to play yes. a part. Yeah, I saw that the other day. Because like, Sophie Seconds ain't so bad. I, I, do you know, it's really funny. Without even knowing that this was going to be on the 20-year scale, I was just thinking about it this morning, coincidentally, just this morning on the way to work. And I was like, I just had fun with this film. And I, yes. I yeah, 20 years, again, I just had fun with it. They just upped the ante with the nitro oxide it looked like pimp my ride the, the the movie edition all of it was just cool it was all literal micro machines brought to life it was need for speed brought to life and I, you'll never hear me say a bad word about the film i had great fun with it the first 20 minutes were i've not looked back since you've made that statement and sometimes i like keeping my treasure chests as they are but and um, that's absolutely maybe. fine yeah. because i am gonna go on the record now for new viewers of the silver screen dudes youtube channel please subscribe if you haven't done so already um <laughs> everything aj has just said is aj just said is true minus the all because it's not all <laughs> the first 20 minutes of this movie are literally need for speed underground on steroids and it's great the moment the moment they've picked up the ferrari from the guy for, for the guy rather to get his freaking cigar cutter <gasps> oh, it gets painful. It gets painfully bad. Um, and I, I, I've <laughs> listen. Obviously, you can't exclude the beginning of a movie to get your whole whole global impression of a movie. But if you take out that beginning of the movie, good lord, there's not much entertainment left. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, again, I had good fun. I think one of the things that you'll always find is it's definitely a product of its time. Where Fast and Furious 1 could any given time because it's more action-based, this one became more car-based and it was very much the way people were viewing their cars at the time. Like, people were impressed by nitrous oxide in number one, 
they upped it. Like every minute it was Nas, Nas, we need more Nas. It was just literally just there. Cars were looking as fancy, dancy as possible because that's what you were seeing every, literally every day on MTV. Oh my God, you added the screen to my car. Thank you, exhibit man. Like all of that crap was going on to the highest degree. And that's exactly what they've done. They just amped it all and gave it to you in that film. And yeah, I, it went I later. Because I'm your boy, Tim Westwood, and I is about to pimp your ride. <laughs> Thank God that bastard's cancelled. But um, yeah. Is he actually? Yeah, oh, yeah. I think there's a Channel 5 documentary that was out there that showed he is one dirty predator. Oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep it away from that then. Um, yeah. Do you? 20 years old is too fast, My too furious. Hey, AJ. It's, it's hard to think that there's 10 years between the two of those, to be honest. It's mad. Right? Oh, God. But now, right. oh, the 30-year-old. So look, because of the amount of movies that you and me consume, and because of how old we both are now, I guess it's kind of like, yeah, okay, this feels kind of like 30 years old. But this film has not aged. <laughs> it's crazy. AJ, it's, I'm so happy to be doing Throwback Thursday this week. Because In at 30 Years Old is the first ever film I saw in the cinema. Jurassic no! Park is 30 years old this week. Jurassic Park is 30 years old this week. <laughs> well, we've just found our thumbnail. <laughs> the face. <laughs> Logically, it makes sense. Yes, it would break sense. it down. Now, 30 years is so long. I mean, I, oh, my days. I was seven when this came out then. Um, oh, <laughs> words, words. Let's get words. Now, Jurassic Park has different meanings for both of us in different ways. For you, it's your first cinema experience. I believe Beethoven was mine. However, Jurassic Park to this day remains the one film I have seen multiple times in the cinema. I recall this. It might, as I've told the story before, but for the benefit of Throwback Thursday, I'll do it very quickly. My uncle used to take us to the cinema, went with him, then went with my parents, then we went with an aunt. Like it's continuously there. And yeah, time has progressed, but no way did I, oh my days, I'm old. No it's way did I think that this would touch 30 years old. And a timeless that. piece at that. Timeless, timeless, completely timeless. Like, I, listen, I cannot wait to share this movie with my young daughter. I can't wait. Yeah. Dude, this is as close to movie perfection as you can get. It's, it's, it's such a groundbreaking work of art, this film. The pacing is perfect. The casting choices are perfect. The tension is palpable. The action is insane. The effects and what they have done is on another level. The set pieces, the brilliant dialogue. Welcome to Jurassic Park. Oh, God, dude, like every the, the soundtrack, the John like everything about this movie is just 
as close as you can get to perfection. And it's dare I say, it's not often it happens. It's not often it happens, but there's this weird, dare I call it goosebumps? There's this weird shiver in my body that is just like, yeah. I, I don't believe that. I've, I, we, this isn't, this is the first throwback Thursday in a long time, but it's not the first throwback Thursday. Okay, guys? This is weird. This is weird. Like, for, di- for different reasons, it's the beginning of a cinema journey for each of the silver screen dudes, and this is weird. I, I, I'm, I'm still processing. <laughs> I'm still pro- no, 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 because they've tried that on multiple occasions. It often, dupl- often imitated, never duplicated. Whether it's a sequel or a sidequel, it doesn't matter. Even no. let's bring both this new generation and the old generation together. It doesn't work. This film, again, not to be duplicated. Do not touch it. Just no. accept it for what it is and move on. Oh, good lord above! They've tried five times to better this movie and they can't do it yeah it's insane i will consider me stumped (laughs) i'm i'm actually yeah like out of words with shock like i i this is the time now where a lot of the favorites i'm guessing this is a perfect time for us to bring it back bring it back because a lot of our favorites are going to now be reoccurring that's what i'm saying dude Oh 1993 is 30 years ago. We're into the 90s, baby. It's time. Oh, oh my days. Jurassic Park. Don't worry. Lion King is next year. Uh, listen, there's a lot of stuff I'm just looking at. I'm, I'm waiting for someone to tell me that. Ace, the mask. <gasps> Ace might be older, you know. But isn't it 94? I swear it's 94. Anyway, let's oh. not get into spoiler territory, but these are the things that scare me. And you know what's going to scare Oh, my days. Long live the silver screen dudes and we both you know, touch wood, see life. We aren't <laughs> that far away. Bear with me with this. And guys, it's not a spoiler because there's enough years to go. Someone's soon going to say to us, American Pie's 30 years old, and I'm not ready for that. I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> that's that's gonna be crazy. That's gonna actually be crazy. But guys, that one hour in, that is the end of Silver Screen News episode one. And boy, does it feel good to be back. Um, but so, uh. If you've watched the whole show, thank you. If you've listened to this on podcast, thank you. Some, not all, but some of the news stories are going to be snipped up and uploaded onto our YouTube channel. You can find the YouTube channel by just searching The Silver Screen Dudes. It's got both of our ugly mugs at the top on the banner. Uh, Not Silver Screen Dudes. That's our old channel, which we've shut down. So search for The Silver Screen Dudes. Please do subscribe there and turn on the notification bell if you haven't already. And... We're going to see you next week with more movie news. And you can also and also stay tuned to the channel because you'll be seeing Movie Mount Rushmore in a reformatted, shorter version. Also coming up next Tuesday will be the first episode of that airing on our channel. So stay tuned for all of that goodness. And we will see you next week right here okay, on Silver News. I'm Nicolero. I'm AJ. See ya. See ya. <laughs>